<laughs> Hello and welcome to Are you to recording? The... Yeah. Oh. You just messed that up now, haven't you? Like, we're going to have to go again. Just, just be quiet until it's your turn to speak. But right? you, no. you didn't tell me. No, I, know, I don't want to. I'm oh, it's a secret. It's a okay. secret. All oh, right, sorry. It's a secret podcast that only I can listen to. Okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Just A Ride Films podcast, episode 21. We are now legally, uh, we can now legally do anything we want. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to look over 25. Yeah, we've got ideas, all right. Uh, my name is Chip Thompson and I am joined as always by my co-host, co-founder and the Samuel L. Jackson to my Bruce Willis, Mr. Dominic Pillai. Hello. Oh, okay. Hi. Hi. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, you let me know. Um, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Good. Yeah. I'm alright too, thank you for asking, although I'm a bit snotty because i got a bit of a chill. I'm so. a bit snotty as well, I keep sneezing. Snotty podcast. Yeah, this yeah. is, is going to be full of uh, <laughs> phlegm and unpleasant. Mucus. Yeah, mucus. Yeah. Lovely. Well, if this is your first time listening, uh, where have you been? Come on. Also, welcome. Uh, we are full of phlegm and mucus. Uh, we are also two independent filmmakers who are all about supporting indie film, and we have decided to do that in a podcast form, which is what you are listening to now. I like to think of us as the podcast equivalent of a dead pig with a Prime Minister's dick in it. Yeah. Have you seen the Cassette Boy video? Yes, I have. It's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. Also, I don't think we're like that, but I just really wanted to bring it up because it's bloody brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I, I know that we're not meant to be talking about politics here. No, but this is too good. Yeah, it's it is a it's a cracker, isn't it? <laughs> and and I think that I was talking to this uh, with hey. my good lady uh, the other not day, uh, and. Uh, we were saying about yeah, there's the uh, Jeremy Corbyn stuff. All this being this Jeremy Corbyn bashing going on. Clearly, the Labour Party's been holding on to this Cameron story for ages, <laughs> yeah. just waiting for the right moment to drop it, haven't they? Because it's just su- such a good one. It's oh, like, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think all the MPs it's should like, go into the House of Commons just carrying little pigs one day yeah. and just sit there with like, little smirks on their faces. The internet had a very good day. I love the internet. Speaking of which, we are on the internet, so should we review some films? Yeah, let's, let's do that. We'll save this for the podcast, the politics podcast. The Dead Pigs podcast. Yeah. You don't understand, I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Uh, well, we open the uh, podcast, as we do every week, where we uh, review a film each that we've seen in the past seven days, or ten days, or whenever the last time we saw a film was. Um, I'm going to take the lead on that one, if that's you okay. Go for that, I'm going shit. to go for it, thank you. It's like we rehearsed that. Uh, I'm going to review a film called A Dozen Summers. Uh, it was sent to me on Twitter by uh, Jordan Hanford, who is an actor, and we've reviewed a short that he was in before. And it's written and directed by a gentleman named Kenton Hall. Uh, it tells the story of two 12-year-old girls called Maisie and Daisy who uh, basically end up making a film about their lives. And it's a very kind of meta story because they talk to the camera and they uh, have this technique where they edit the film within the film. So, oh, right. for instance, they'll be at the start of school and they're like, we don't like this, we want to go home. And they'll just click their fingers and it'll go to the end of the day. Right, okay. Um, and it's a it's a really, really funny film. Uh. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of heart, and uh, what I like one of the things I like about it the most is that it's it feels like a very honest depiction of twelve year old lives. Right. Because so many I don't know, just society in general nowadays kind of seems like you know kids are growing up so quick, and by the time they hit secondary school, they're almost adults. And yeah. but this is kind of goes back to that kind of almost eighties Spielberg type feel, where yeah. you know like the Goonies or something like that, where kids have adventures and they've got imagination and they want to do things and. So that was one of the things I really enjoyed. Um, Kenton also stars in, well, 
He's also in the film. He plays the girl's dad. Mm. Um, and he is kind of uh, bumbling and quite doting. And he has some really funny lines in it as well. Um, it's a really, really good performance. For a family comedy, there's a lot of... I wouldn't say dark humour, but there's some risque jokes in there about, you know, like paedophilia and stuff like that. Mm. And again, that's something that I appreciated. Not the paedophilia, but, you know, the the darkness of the humour and kind of so pushing is the it, boundaries. Is it, you say it's a family comedy. Is it, is it meant to be, like... Twelve year olds, then, or I think it's kind of I don't know. Who's I think, it aimed at? I think just that it is families. I think it's something that twelve year olds could sit down with their parents and watch it on an afternoon, and everyone would get something out of it. Mm. I think that's definitely one of the um, the plus points for it. Um, if we're going to get into some of the criticism, I think it's got a very young cast because um, obviously we have the two leads, and then we have a group of their friends, and then there's other youngsters in it. And I think sometimes, um, because they've got to kind of hold the film together, their acting isn't always as strong. Mm. And I think from the beginning, that's noticeable. But as the film goes on, they kind of they get into the roles more and it becomes much more believable and they, they definitely grow within it, mm. which is nice to see. So that's not really interesting. The other thing is it may be a little televisual. Right. Um, which, again, isn't always like a bad thing. But, you know, if you would go some, see something at a cinema, you want, you know, kind of something quite cinematic. Mm. But I think this is definitely a film that's going to find its audience um, on demand. Yeah. I think that's, you know, because that's where the way the industry is going. We've yeah. discussed this on previous episodes of the podcast, which you can find free of charge on our SoundCloud. If, yeah, just get that in now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon, like, if you stumbled across this on Netflix, you were looking for the family section, you were sitting down with your kids one day, I think this would be a really, really solid choice to, and you have a lovely time. Can I just ask one thing about that film? You like, what's ask. it called again? It's called A Dozen Summers. And um, is it available? Is it where is it available? Because it's something that's had a, a distribution or release or. Well, this is the thing. Um, I tried to um, download the press pack, which Kenton sent to me, but unfortunately, I don't have a Dropbox account, and I couldn't be bothered to sign up for one at the time. Uh, so Kenton will have to send us the details. I'll make sure it's all in the description as well. I'll get yeah. some details off him. Um, it was released a month ago, I believe. That's when they sent it to me because I had a, um, a preview screener version to watch mm. with a password and everything like that. I felt all proper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to know where it will be seen. Like if it's been picked up for distribution, if it was in cinemas, or you know, what, I'd really like to know about that. So Kenton, get in touch and let us know. Yeah, maybe that's something we can update the podcast absolutely about we, we can well. put it out next week and so because i think it's a really it's a really nice film for people to go and see and i, I really hope they're going to go and check it out and i would l- love more of the hashtag podcast peeps to send us more of their fil- indie films to review as feature films because yeah, especially we, we obviously do we do the short films which is fantastic but if you're able to get an independent feature film made good on you and we want to support that yeah we want to watch it we want to plug it and we want to talk about it yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> alright I've blown my nose Dom what are you reviewing this week well from one end to the other uh, you know we do occasionally bend the rules with that let's review one film thing uh, I've, I've never done such a thing yeah you have We remember that time when we talked about all the James Bond films no yeah well um, I haven't really seen a film uh, I've seen six. Uh, I watched. Uh, That's not bending the rules so much. It is kicking it in the crotch and ripping okay. it in half. Yeah. So they uh, now that I have a Sky Plus box, which is very exciting. <laughs> uh, I have been able to record all of the Star Trek Captain Kirk films, which is, which is Star Trek one to six. Don't count seven because it's a cameo. Sorry, guys. Uh, one to six. Uh, so I, it was really nice to watch them all in order. 
Uh, so I'm just, rather than going through them all, because we haven't got time for that, I'm just going to give a very pithy thing about each one. So, Star Trek won the motion picture. It's like an episode of the original series, but dragged out for two hours long, so it's quite boring. <laughs> uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, is good, but not quite as good as I remembered it to be. Khan! Yeah, it's good. It is good, though. Uh, it, it is one of the better ones. Star Trek III, the, the Search for Spock, which always gets a massive kicking. I have a real soft spot for it, because I've probably seen it the most. It always used to be on TV when I was a kid, and it's much better than people say it is. It's very silly, but much better than it, it gets. needs to be more praise, more love for Search for Spock. Uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, has the most ridiculous storyline. Basically, you, you could check this. They've got to go back in time right. to get a whale to, <laughs> <laughs> to save the planet because there's an alien coming to the Earth in the future to uh, speak to whales, but it's destroying the planet Earth. But now whales are extinct, so they go back in time to the 80s, which is the present day, to get a whale, to bring it back to the future, to save the planet. Most ridiculous story ever. Absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> if I ever see one bit of Star Trek ever, I want it to be that. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it is that's one of one of my faves. It's so mad. It's brilliant. Five again gets a massive kicking. Um, it is quite rubbish, but it's very fun as well as being rubbish. And six uh, is my personal favourite. That one is just one that works. It's got a good storyline and it's very enjoyable. So. In order of preference, six, four, three, two, five, one. And I would be very interested to know what the hashtag podcast peeps are. I've heard a few people give their because I've been noting this on Twitter. I've been and Facebook saying, you know, reviewing these as I go along. I've really enjoyed watching them in chronological order, which I've never done before. Uh, but I'm really interested in what the podcast peeps say, and that's all I have to say because I don't. I could go into a whole podcast about Star Trek, but I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't be there for that one. You'd have to be there, but I wouldn't contribute anything other than like I've never seen Star Trek. Well, you'd have to watch Star Trek. I don't want to because there's a lot of it to catch up on. Yeah, but also you're a big fat geek. You're you're the one wearing the Buffy the Vampire Slayer T-shirt. Yeah, but Buffy's cool. Not cool than Star Trek. Oh, I think she is. Yeah. It. She's all right. Whoa, she ain't. whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, I'm stopping the podcast here because we're gonna have a chat. All right. Yeah. We need to do an episode of Buffy versus Star Trek. I watch more Buffy. You watch Star Trek. Can I just watch Buffy? No, I watch Buffy. You watch Star Trek. I want to watch Buffy. Anyway, let's get back to the podcast. That's usually my life. Do you have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. When we come to the part of the podcast where we're going to review a short independent film, um, I put the word out um, about a week ago um, asking for filmmakers to send us some stuff, and uh, a guy called Dmitry Torgovitsky, I'm really sorry Dmitry if I got your name wrong, um, but I think that's right. Does that Torgovitsky, right? yeah. Torgovitsky, yeah, I think we got it. Yeah. Normally, uh, Dmitry, you might not know this, um, but we normally are really bad at pronouncing names, but this week I think we nailed it. Uh, so he sent us uh, his film through our Facebook page, yes. uh, facebook.com slash Just Tried Films. Um, and it's a film called Milieu. Oui. Oh. Uh, which is a samurai film set in modern New York. Yes. Now, you're quite uh, an aficionado when it comes to... Things are very similar to 
when we saw Paths of Hate. Yes. So it's a very similar vibe. Uh, in, no, not the film hasn't, but my feelings are the same. So I am the target audience for this film. I love Japanese films, especially if there's a samurai, Yakuza thing going on. The first half of the film is very low-key, no dialogue, atmospheric music and lighting. It reminded me very much of a sort of Takashi Kitano film, uh, where it's all under the surface, it's, 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 you don't know what's going on, it's very minimal and low-key, and I love that stuff, I love that zen stuff, you know, that's, that's me, I love that. For me, where that changed, there's a specific moment in the film where title boards come up. I know exact moment you mean, yeah. I felt the same. Yeah, and then from that point, the film's style changes completely. It becomes this very over-the-top, Tarantino-esque, kind of Kill Bill I would sort hazard, of... Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, I would hazard to say Tarantino-esque because I would say Tarantino kind of steals a lot of his... all of his stuff other things and I like to think that this film was influenced by something pre-Tarantino yeah, okay. it's harking back to early samurai films so I like yeah. to think it's not Tarantino that's the influence it's other stuff yeah okay fine but it's it's very it, it changes pace it, uh, it becomes much brasher and <coughs> over the top and muddled I have to say and everything that I liked about the first half changes so that the atmospheric music becomes much more kind of full-on it just and I guess the other thing it falls into the trap of is trying to do action on a low budget yeah inevitably you get the CGI blood and things that just make it look a bit cheap I'm sorry to say that because I I, I guess that the reason why I'm kind of being a bit harsh on the second half is because I really loved the setup of it and the ambiguity of it, and if it did kept at that pace, I would have, it would have loved this film, and I loved the first half of it, but it's changed. The change was not. It became a different film that I didn't like very much. That's interesting because I have similar and yet different feelings. Okay. So uh, if we start with the middle part then, where you said where the atmosphere changes and it becomes a different film because it does. It's like two parts, not like yeah. isn't it? Um, I felt the same when the titles came up, when we were introduced to the Yakuza bosses yeah. uh, who were sitting around in a hot tub. Yeah. Uh, that, for me, did kind of throw me a bit with because it was a really, like you say, brash style change. Yeah. Um, but I kind of warmed to it a little bit um, because, like you said, uh, the action stuff is kind of action on a budget. But in a way, they kind of I kind of almost appreciated what they did with the style of it um, because they did kind of make it quite stylized, and I think that must have been a budgetary reason as well but I think it lended to the style that the second half of the film is kind of in, in a way. Yeah. Um, and I thought some of the sword fights were quite cool and stuff. Um, in regards to the first half of the film, I, again, I did like the slow pace and the build of it, but for me, it kind of felt like uh, the beginning of a feature film. Yeah. Because it's quite, it is very lengthy and uh, the pace is very slow. Mm. And I kind of feel like with shorts, you kind of want to know a bit more about the characters and kind of get into it slightly quicker and I think you can still do that at a slow pace but we never really learn who these guys are apart from the fact that well obviously we know the samurai assassins but that's only from the blurb and yeah. I think if you went into the film cold you'd, you'd kind of be wondering oh, what's what's kind of happening here and I think that kind of goes on maybe just a bit too long without explanation mm. the other point about the music interestingly enough I want to bring this back to A Dozen Summers as well Yeah, is and 
in a way, this kind of happens with a lot of films that we review, especially kind of the low budget ones, is it's kind of slightly on the nose, but also quite prominent as well. Mm. Whereas I kind of feel like sometimes scores need to be slightly more in the background mm. uh, rather than prominent. With A Dozen Summers, it kind of makes sense because they're changing genres within the film and it's kind of an indication of that. Maybe a little on the nose, like I say, but I think that, that kind of works. But here, it kind of, it's quite forceful when you're like, here is some music, I can hear this music. Yeah. And maybe it's just a personal choice as well. I'd kind of like the music just to be a little more in the background. Yeah. I guess... Uh, it, what you were saying before about it taking its time to get to the point, I guess the the issue I have with with the film is that uh, is about what the film is. If it was going to be a sort of full on action revenge film, then the beginning is too slow, as you say. But I wanted it to. I liked the film that the first half was, and I, if it, I would like something a bit more ambiguous, and I guess. Is having that strong sense of what your film is, what you're trying to get across, will determine the style in which you approach with it. Yeah, that makes yeah sense. absolutely, I agree. With and that. I, I guess I liked the first half. I liked that that film, and I didn't like the other film. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but if it was the other film, it it could have the start could have been a lot shorter. It could have just been full on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point. Uh, one final thing I want to say about the film then is um, the other thing I really liked actually was the look of it. Because it looks like it was made in the seventies. Yeah. I think it must. Have, I, I don't have any details, but I think it must have been shot on film, and uh, I really like the cinematography of it as well. Unless it was done in post, but I was wondering about it actually, especially in the first half when it was made, because it didn't look uh, like two thousand and seven. I think at the end credits it says two thousand and seven. Yeah, because it doesn't look recent. No, I thought it looks very seventies. Like you could see, it's almost like you could see it as a companion piece, like Taxi Driver or something. Well, that's what I liked about the opening half as well. Is that you saw much more of New York, much more of the location, yeah. much more about the atmosphere. I loved all that stuff. Um, like I say, it felt it felt like a, a Takashi Kitano film set in New York, and that I'm on board with. <coughs> but um, the other stuff, not so much. But that's just personal preference, you know. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it depends. You bring your own interest to a film. And when I saw this kind of Japanese inflected film, I was hoping it'd be one type of Japanese film as opposed to another type. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's definitely one of the higher end uh, in terms of budget and production values that we reviewed. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, absolutely, Dimitri. I mean, if this was made in 2007, we'd like to see some more of your work. What else have you made since then? You know, send it our way. Yeah. And thank you for sending us, um, you know, um, there'll be a link in the description to the film. So, podcast peeps, hashtags, we're going to check it out. He wants to kill me so bad he can taste it. I got always going to kill you. Erica! 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 Okay, so now it's time. Okay, so now it's time for that part of the podcast where every week uh, one of us will present the other one with a film or filmmaking subject to kind of get into and tiggle its little testicles and open it up and look inside and peer into its soul and say, how are you doing? Why are we doing that? I don't know. I, I got a bit lost with that one. Uh, so this turn, uh, this time, it's my this turn. This turn? This went a bit New Zealand there. Um, That's a bit racist. You always come out with really racist stuff on this podcast. I see it's you. You're the one who bring the racism. No, you're not... racist. You're no. racist. <laughs> no. You need to have a good hard look at yourself, Chip. Thompson. I do every morning in you the mirror. You do. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Am I a racist?" But then I'll go, "No, I'm not." Well, one day you might actually say you are, and then you'll have a real crisis of 
personality. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and it's not because of your race. What you're saying. <laughs> so now we come back. Uh, uh, what have you done? Okay. Blame it on Mr. Atomic. <laughs> so now we come to that part of the podcast where every week one of us will present the other one with a filmmaking subject to get into. Uh, or a film related subject as it tends to be. This week it's my turn. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Dom. Hello. Hello. Uh, so... I don't know if this is a recent phenomenon or not, but it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, and why do you think, films are getting longer? Because it seems like, back in the day, films would be anywhere between you know, sort of 90 minutes to 100 minutes. Yeah. Now, it seems very rare that you get something under two hours. And a lot of the time, you know, especially blockbusters, will go to two and a half, two forty. And do you think that's too long? Is there a reason behind it? What do you think? Yes, I think it's too long. I definitely think. Okay, right. Long. Moving on. Um, I get a lot of. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been getting a lot of bum ache <laughs> in the cinema. I'm not going to touch that. I've been getting a lot of bum ache in the cinema because I've been sitting <laughs> and watching films uh, on uncomfortable seats for two and a half hours, and uh, films are too long. They just are. I mean, I think that I don't have a problem with a film when it justifies its length. And I like some really, really long films because I feel, but I feel like you have to really work hard to justify that length. You know, I think all fil- most films should be ninety minutes, and I like a nice, short, concise film. I think the reason why films are longer um, is because uh, it, it must be a uh, it must be a financial reason. It must be to do with um, s- the selling stuff at the uh, confectionery area. It must be to do with adverts. It must be to do with, I guess, offering something that isn't TV as well. Um, do you think it's a case of like go bigger? Yeah. How much product placement can we get in yeah. as well? More bang for your buck. I think I'd like to go back to a time, and this is like, like going back to back in the good old days before I was born. Before uh, the talkies. Yeah. Um, I like always like the idea of a time when there were B-movies and A-movies, and you'd have a B-movie which was like an hour to an hour and 20 minutes long, and then you'd have an A movie, which was about an hour and a half long. And that's still probably a lot shorter than a lot of films now. <laughs> so, but you get two films for the price of one. You know, that's that seems much better. I like short films. <laughs> well, I like reasonably length films. Like yeah. you say, an hour and a half is perfect. Yeah. I think a lot of modern day films just get bogged down and just... And you see in a lot of reviews as well from film critics, uh, it's just like, this is a really great film. It's a bit long. Yeah. And it's just, it really it really does bog down some films it's, and they could stand to lose half an hour easy. Yeah, I, 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 it's very rare for me to, you know, most times I come out of the cinema now, I go, oh, we could probably shave about 20 minutes off that, you know, at least. Sometimes it's like an hour off that, but, uh, or I think there just needs to be more rigorous editing. Yeah. Do you think it's a case of directors sort of letting their ego get away? Or is it more of a studio thing? I think it's a it is a studio thing. I think that there's a lot of people because these films have such big budgets now. 
there's so many people that have need to have their say and need to have themselves represented on screen. So I think that you see a lot of sequences in films where you just think that that doesn't need to be there at all. That doesn't further the plot at all. That there, there's a reason why that's there, and that's probably that massive billboard in the background. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. There's there are a lot of films that are construct scenes that are constructed for not creative reasons. I think it does put me off as well. I was reading a review. I can't remember what film it was, but I was reading a review of it. And I just thought, wow, this sounds quite interesting. Maybe I'll go check this out. And then I looked at the running time, and it was like two hours ten or something. Yeah. And I just thought, no, I can't, I can't be asked with that. I don't. But that's quite short. I know, and that's the mean. But it it didn't seem like a film that needed to be that long. Yeah. You know, it's just like it just it puts you off. Yeah. Okay. Well, hashtag podcast peeps. Do you think that films are too long nowadays, or are you a weirdo that thinks they need to be longer? Get in touch and let us know. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. John, we have a question from our uh, lovely regular correspondent, Mr. At Ross T. Miller. And this week, Ross asks, uh, which films took you multiple rewatches to get slash love? It took me four times for Blade Runner. Ah. I'd like to know if you saw four different versions, or if it was the same version. Yeah, that, could, that, could, uh, that would explain a lot. Yeah, it would do, yeah. <laughs> Once you got to, the, got to the final cut, then you'd be like, oh, this, <laughs> this is really good. Uh, well, what comes to your head? Um... Uh, yeah, there's a couple that come to my head. Uh, the first one is Mulholland Drive. Uh, I saw the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to make of it. It wasn't, didn't really get it. And then it was one of those films that I couldn't stop thinking about after I'd seen it. And I didn't initially when I saw it, I didn't really enjoy it. Didn't understand it. And then, and then I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, I was piecing all the bits together in my head it's like a jigsaw the film is like a jigsaw puzzle and you're putting it together I couldn't wait to see it again and then I saw it again and I was like this film is amazing and I I, I think it's a I, it's one of those films that it's a real Marmite film I think you love it or you hate it but I think it's probably David Lynch's best film well, how many watches did it take you it, it took me two two okay uh, the, but then another example of something that I've probably seen it took me probably three or four times to get uh, was Once Upon a Time in the West uh, because uh, I'd watched it a couple of times on VHS as you know how they used to be pan and scan where they cut with widescreen they cut off the edges and they stretch it up like that and you lose half the image basically uh, and I'd watched it like that a couple of times and just thought I don't understand why everyone loves this, but everyone loves it, and it's a western. I should really like it. I don't know why I don't. Um, and then it got to the fourth time, and I think I saw it on DVD, on proper widescreen, on a big screen, and I was like, ah, oh, I get it now. So, All right, that's two it, good, uh, yeah. yeah, two good ones. Um, for me, this is a movie. This one doesn't really count, but I would say actually, you would it too, um, mm. because I first saw it when I was about nine or ten. Yeah, and just terrified the shit out of me, and I had nightmares for months afterwards. So, need to say I didn't watch that for a very long time, and then I think I rewatched it again when I must have been about sixteen or seventeen, and liked it, uh, but didn't quite have the love for it. And I think it was probably the visit after that where I was just like, "This is the best film ever." And also reading a lot about it afterwards as well about how it was made and that sort of thing that really endeared me to it. Um, but mostly, I'm quite callous when it comes to films, so. 
if I see something and I don't like it, I'm, I'm not in a hurry to revisit it and it will take a lot for me to do that. So it's rare that I'll go back and... But I just flip that question on its head, there are a couple of films that I intend to go back and revisit and reevaluate uh, my decision. Okay. Um, so firstly, Aliens. The second one. The second one, yeah. which I thought was a piece of shit. It's okay. Uh, it has no relevance to the first film, and it could have just been interchangeable alien creatures versus stupid marines. And it just bugged the shit out of me. But I get the idea that they're supposed to be an annoying marine, so I need to go back with that in mind. I think you have to almost put the first one out of your head. It's completely the, different. The thing is with the Aliens films, is they're, they're more, although they, are, they continue the same story, because they're made by different directors, they're completely different in style. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to revisit that. The other one is Heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was quite overrated. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It's I, been a long time since I've seen it, so I do need to go back. But again, it's three hours long. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you with Heat. I think it's heavily overrated. It's another one of those films that could lose, like, an hour. Like, if, if I, I think there's an hour and a half of great film there, but there's an hour and a half of just absolute filler. And, and it, sort of 24-esque uh, filler rubbish storylines in there uh, yeah I think it. Yeah, if it was a lot shorter I'd probably enjoy it a lot yeah. more but I just wasn't that enamoured with it when I saw it um, so yeah well hashtag podcast peeps and Ross as well uh, let us know what films did it take you 17 rewatches before you were like oh that's alright actually um, yeah thank you Ross that was another really good question yeah. send us more of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world she walks into mine Okay, uh, now you have to give a plug, Dom. Dom's plug. Yep. Dom's plug. We're late. Where are we going? We've got to be somewhere at half twelve. Oh, yeah. It's okay. now 12.35. That not, has no relevance to people that are listening to no, this. No, I'll cut that out. I'm just telling you to hurry up. Okay, so uh, we have got an interesting weekend ahead of us, haven't Ooh, we? Yeah. Uh, we... As you know, we, or don't know, as you, some of you may know, <laughs> uh, we live in the town of Folkestone in Kent. Uh, and in that town, uh, there's an organisation called the Creative Foundation. They do a lot of very exciting uh, creative work within the town and within Kent in general. And they've got an event called Fun Palace, where there's lots of different... Uh, fun things to do around the town, and it's like little pop-up activities and you know groovy stuff uh, and we are doing something as no, just part of it. Uh, we are doing the it's going to be called the fun booth and it's basically you go into it's going to be some shack on on the harbour arm on the seafront uh, which is lovely by the way it is very lovely uh, and people can go in and we will film them and ask them about what is fun their definition of fun We'll get them, and they'll be sitting in front of a green screen. Then we'll get them to draw an, an exciting background, and then we'll do that for a couple of hours. Then uh, we we'll close the, the close it up. We'll edit it all, uh, uh, and then we come back and we screen it a couple of hours later. And I guess the idea is that it's a bit like a photo booth. It's a bit like back in the day when you got your photos taken, you take them down to Boots. You'd have to wait for a day or so to get them back. And it's that whole anticipation of which just doesn't exist now in the digital world. Uh, so it's that idea that uh, the anticipation is as good as the end result in a way. But we're sort of jazzing it up a bit by having 
great screen. And I will be there as well. I will be there. Which makes it like four times more exciting. Exactly. So you can come and speak to us. Yeah, come down to Sunny Folkestone. Hashtag Sunny Folkestone. And come and have your video done. Tell us what you think is fun. Yeah. And we'll put it together and it'll be awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be awesome. So that's this Sunday. Yep. Uh, what time do we open? We open at 11. Uh, so between 11 and 1, uh, we will be recording your fun times. Uh, that sounded wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, no, 11 till 2 actually, 11 till 2. And then we'll have a couple of hours to manically edit. Uh, and then we'll proje- be projecting the end results between 4 and 6. Awesome, I'm excited. Who's an animal? Your mother's an animal, you son of a bitch! Well, that's it for another week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, if you did. Um, And if you are that way inclined, we'd really appreciate it if you would come and subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Because the more ratings, reviews and subscriptions we get, the higher up the charts we go, which means more people are listening to us, which means more people will know about all the independent films that we're trying to support and everyone will be happy and wonderful. Yep. Uh, you can check out our previous episodes, free of charge, as I may have mentioned earlier, on our SoundCloud page, which is uh, lovely. We also have a website, which is justforidefilms.co.uk. Uh, we had a review of this week, which someone said our scripts are very good, which was nice. Yay! Facebook is Just to Ride Films. We are at Just to Ride Films on the Twitter. John, what is your personal Twitter account? It's at Dom, P-I-L-L-A-I. And I am at Thompson underscore film. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you came and saw us on Sunday. That would be lovely. We'd yep. like to film your faces doing fun things. Uh, and we won't be here next week because I'm going away. Where are you going, I'm going to Barcelona. You're so lucky. Yeah. Barcelona's a lovely place to I be going. I know. I'm really excited. So I went about this time last year, and it was absolutely beautiful. Good. I'm glad. See, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm disappointed we're not going to be doing the podcast next week, but also, I'm not. Yeah, I'm kind of... I can totally understand why you choose Barcelona over Maybe you can do an episode by yourself. Just you'd be like, oh, I'm dumb. It's just a podcast. I'm lost without chip. I wouldn't do that. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, we'll see you when we see you, and I'll make sure... Uh, well, I we won't the see them. We'll he- they'll hear us when they them. hear us. I see them in my head every day. Every face of every hashtag podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you soon, or we'll hear you soon, or you'll hear us soon. Bye! Bye. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.